Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series, Unafraid. Here's Christine Geshom with today's message. Church, it's my joy and honor to bring the word of God to you this morning. As you all know, it's Mother's Day, and so I have a special word to all the mums. I also have a word for the rest of the church, and I believe that uh, this is a season when we together need to be unafraid for our children. Um, I don't know if you've been watching the news of late, and um, there was the the whole boys' locker room incident that happened, and um, all that it revealed was um, maybe there were other influences that led to these boys doing what they did. But I think that also it reflected on the parenting that these children had had. Um, while we don't need to be perfect parents, we need to really, really be intentional. We really need to put all our effort in. Uh, we know that we have three children and uh, parenting is a full-time job. It's We don't get offs from it. We don't get to take a break. It's something that we have to constantly do, constantly refresh ourselves for. Um, I'm reminded of this um, Indian fable that was um, spoken about in, in Indian folklore and it talks about a water carrier who used to have two pots on the edge of his pole and this pole would be um, would be carried on his shoulder and the two pots would hang from it. So what he would do would, was he would go into the, the lake near his house, he would dip both the pots into the water fill it up and then go and drop it off at the destination. So he would carry water to people's houses. Unfortunately, one of the pots had a huge crack in it. So what would happen is inevitably, by the time the water carrier reached the destination, a lot of the water had leaked out. So one day, this broken pot opened up his mouth and spoke to the water carrier and said, Oh, water carrier, I'm so sorry because because of my cracked body, there's so much a wastage of water before you reach your destination. So all of your effort is almost for nothing because by the time I reach, I'm half empty. But the water carrier turns to that little pot and says, don't worry. Have you noticed that in the path that you hover over, there are a whole bunch of plants that have been growing? And that's when the pot realized path that the water carrier took every day, the place that he hovered over had a whole bunch of wild flowers blooming. And so the water carrier explained that when he noticed this pot had a crack in it, that he planted seeds along the path so that the water which dripped watered the path and grew these plants. That's what our God does with us. We can be completely imperfect. We can be broken. Our childhoods could have been horrible. Uh, but God wants us to undo the past. He wants us to start afresh. And if you're a parent who's going through that, who's struggling with burdens that you yourself bear, I want to encourage you today that God wants to take our brokenness. He wants to take uh, the things that have broken us in the past and make something new of it through our parenting, through our children. So even as we get into the word of God, I just say a quick prayer for each of us. Father, I pray that you will speak to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will touch us. Areas in our life that is broken, that is wounded, that is hurting. Lord, where we have messed up as parents, Lord, only you can reno renew it and restore it. So I pray that you will work in us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. As we've been doing in the Unafraid series, we're going to watch a short video to just see uh, Hannah, who we're going to be basing this entire teaching on. We're going to look at her life and see why we have picked her for today's teaching. Hannah is married to Elkanah, who is from the tribe of Ephraim. They lived in Ramah. Hannah doesn't have children, but Elkanah took another wife, 
Panina who had children. Panina bullied Hannah on account of her barrenness, to the point of her becoming completely discouraged. Every year they visited Shiloh to offer sacrifices and worship the Lord of hosts. At Shiloh the priests who ministered were Eli and his sons Hopni and Phinehas. One year when the sorrow was too much, Hannah went forward and wept bitterly before God, asking for a son. She promises to dedicate him for his whole life back to God. A year later Hannah has her answered prayer in her arms her firstborn son Samuel. After she weans him, she brings him to Shiloh and dedicates him to the Lord and leaves him with Eli the priest. Samuel begins to hear God and communicate with him from a young age and leads Israel for many years faithfully. As you noticed, Hannah is a great example of someone who was an unafraid mother. I mean, picture this. She has longed for this child for so long, keeps him with her only for about three to four years and then gives him back to God. So I want to encourage each of us moms today, whether you're a spiritual mother, whether you're a natural birth mother, doesn't matter. You're still a mother. I want to encourage you to do two things. We're going to look at the first passage. We're going to look at 1 Samuel verses 1 verses 27 to 28. It says this, I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. The first thing for mothers is that we mothers can be unafraid for our children if we pray for them. There's a saying that someone said, mothers, our prayers bubble wrap our children. Now, while bubble wrap doesn't exactly keep you um, away from the troubles of the world, it definitely takes you through them relatively unharmed. So I want to encourage us, how much do we pray? I think I was sharing a couple of weeks back of how hard I find it to give and devote time to prayer. But this week when I was preparing for this message, I was so convicted reading the life of Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley was the mother of the Methodist movement. It's amazing how Susanna had 19 children and yet had time to spend with each of them. She would spend time every week speaking to each of her children. Of course, she lost a couple of those children during the early years of their life. What inspired me the most about Susanna was the fact that she spent hours praying for her children. We have one, two or three children at the max. What's stopping us from praying with them? What's stopping us from praying for them constantly? It's said that Susanna Wesley would sit in the midst of all her children, pull her apron over her head and get into the presence of God. And today I want to encourage you, we are putting our children out into a really hard world. The world is not going to be easy. The only thing we can do is to pray for them. The only thing we can do is constantly intercede for them. So as you observe your children, you will see certain traits in them that are disturbing. Maybe You might see uh, tendencies which need the intervention of the Holy Spirit. So I urge you to get on your knees, pray with them, pray for them. When you're seated at home watching them play, or maybe you're working at your system, but you're observing them the whole time, keep saying a prayer up to your Heavenly Father. He cares for you. He wants you to do these things. I've noticed that as a mother, I've tended to be very anxious about certain things in each of my children. And then I remembered this beautiful command from Philippians 4 verse 6, which says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So every worry, every anxiety, I am learning. I won't say I've learned it. I'm learning to convert it into a very quick prayer. 
Next thing that John 16 verse 23 says, very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So when we ask for things for our children, for their future, when it's in line with the will of God, God answers it. He says, I will answer it. So ask in Jesus's name, ask him for things for your children. Don't leave anything unsaid. Pray about everything. The second thing for mothers today I want to leave with you is that you dedicate your children to God. Hannah had this child after so many years of yearning and longing, but yet it didn't take her a minute to say, I give this child back to God. I asked for him, God gave him, and now I give him back. I think this is a very vital thing for us mothers because the, the maternal trait and the maternal instincts are so strong that it's very hard to relinquish control of our children. Um, it's hard to think of a life where I won't be vital to them. But there comes a time we have to release our children physically. But more than that, I think it's important spiritually to release them. The book of James talks about how every good and perfect gift comes from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And so that has to motivate us that first of all, our children are gifts. He has given them to us. Second thing is he is a God who's unchanging. So who better to have our children in the palm of his hands than a constant God? We mothers, we are frail, we're weak sometimes, we go through our ups and downs, but God is steady, he's unchanging. So I would any day entrust my children into the hands of God than to into anybody else's hands. So I want to ask you, have you dedicated your children to the Lord? What does that look like? So I remember both our parents, Geshom's parents and mine, um, gave us good educations, brought us up to excel and do well in the fields that we were placed in. And while we did all of that, all of a sudden, God shifted tracks for us. He called us into a different line of work. He asked us to plant a church. He asked us uh, to do a different kind of ministry through media. And I remember every step of the way, both our mothers were constantly praying for us. And more importantly, they were constantly backing us up with their support. And I remember distinctly both of them saying on different occasions, um, this is what we prayed for. This is what we dedicated you for. And so when we dedicate our children to God, there's an immense peace, no matter what detours come, no matter what uh, trajectory our life takes. There's this peace and calm that comes from knowing that our children are in the center of God's will. That happens only when we dedicate them to God. So mothers, just to reiterate, pray for your children and dedicate them to God. They were never asked to begin with. They've been given to us as a gift. We give them back to God. Let's get into the second passage. We're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 2. Verses 28 to 30. It says, I chose your ancestor out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to go up to my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod in my presence. I also gave your ancestor's family all the food offerings presented by the Israelites. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribed for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me? by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promise that members of your family would minister before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor, but those who despise me will be disdained. So I'm going to be speaking to all the parents out there. This is not just if uh, you're two-membered parenting team. It could mean you're a single parent. It could mean you're an estranged parent. Either way, you're still a parent. As parents, there are two things I want you to remember from this passage. The first thing is we must honor God. 
If we don't honor God, our children are never going to learn the concept of honor. If you look at all of the the usages of the word honor today, it's it's totally skewed. People don't seem to understand what it means. So let's look at the word dishonor. What does dishonor look like? Um, when I dishonor God, okay, doesn't necessarily mean that I dishonor Him by maybe not going to church or things like that. It could be very small things. It could be things like cutting corners in my office. It could be uh, doing something that. is not 100% right ethically and the funny thing is that our children are observing us the whole time it's not, it's it's not funny it's actually a horrible thing they observe us the whole time we are like under a microscope with them so what happens is eventually the cracks will start to show the small areas of dishonor will start blowing up out of proportion you look at eli's life eli had two sons hophni and phinehas right both these guys were priests they were uh, anointed to be priests in the in the temple unfortunately their lives didn't match up with the requirements of that god had laid on the priesthood they were womanizers they were uh, corrupt they were extorting money from people they were doing all kinds of practices which were completely ungodly and if you think about it it wouldn't have started at this level of um, apostasy it, it didn't actually begin at such a deep level of evil it must have started with the small things and if only eli had modeled honor if only eli had treated the house of god with the honor that was due the god that was worshiped there imagine what would have happened for those children because of eli's lack of honor of god god says i will wipe out your descendants your sons will not be alive to claim inheritance they will not be around long the males in your family will have eye problems will have sight problems all kinds of heavy curses came upon them because eli chose to not honor god now today for you and me honor could look different in our family the way we honor god could look very different from how you should honor god so i ask you today as parents can you take a stand on how you are going to honor god decide between the two of you and then uphold those values in your home so that as your children see you they know okay this is what we are expected to do before this god if we don't treat god with the reverent awe that he is deserving our children are never going to learn to honor him if only children are taught to honor god their lives would be so different if only they are taught that god is worthy of everything of all my honor all my time all my talent the way they live their lives would be so different so will you choose today to honor god eli didn't honor god and his children suffered the consequences so as parents we can be unafraid if we choose to honor god today the second thing is if we choose our calling over comfort we must choose our calling over comfort so i remember um about 5 years back uh, we were in hillsong bible college and one day at, uh, and that whole year 2015 the the theme of the church was um pioneer again and i remember gesham and i would sit in those services and we knew god was calling us to pioneer again but we didn't know what or where or anything we didn't know any of the details and i remember this particular thing that pastor brian specifically taught us one sunday this is what he said he said never put your children's needs ahead of god's plans for your life you will then choose comfort over your calling and um, i remember we were expecting our third child then and that was when that was when we drew the bottom line for our family we decided no matter what no matter where god asks us to go we will follow him we will take our children along we will never put things off saying our children deserve better 
And so that has carried us through the past five years. We've learned uh, to make every situation work. We've taken our kids along on the journey with us. They've been better for it. There have been times they've not had everything they wanted. Uh, they've learned to walk in obedience to God. So that being said, it's not like the following of our call is easy. It is a difficult process. A lot of times it means uprooting and moving out of our comfort zones into a completely unknown place. But here's what I want to encourage you with. God is with you. If he's called you, he is faithful. He will take you through every season so beautifully. Um, when, when we were in Bible college contemplating, we were coming back to India. And I remember just being so full of fear and and anxious uh, thoughts because I was wondering, Lord, how will you, how will we provide for ourselves? We've got three children now. How will we do their schooling? So many doubts and questions. And then one of our friends came up to us after one of our um, church services and he said, I've, I, I, God has been asking me to give you this particular promise and I feel maybe you need it right now. And this is what he gave us. Psalm 37 verses 25 to 26. It says this, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. The truth is this verse has carried me through so many years of ministry. I've learned that no matter what, no matter how tough the road is in following the Lord, that he will look after my children. He will care for them. Like I said, they are a gift. If he's given them to us, he'll care for them. And I just have to stay obedient to the calling of God on our family's life. So that's the next thing. As parents, we can be unafraid for our children if we will choose our calling over comfort. We're going to be looking at the third passage. We're going to be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 3, which um, talks heavily about what Eli and Samuel did, what their relationship was like. And so this passage, um, what I've taken out of it is for you fathers specifically. No matter what your situation is, no matter how much uh, you think you're involved in your children's life or not, it doesn't matter. It's never too late to start. Fathers, I want to encourage you that Eli in this story didn't have a great track record. He had been a permissive and a lazy parent, but with Samuel, he broke that chain. He, he changed his methods and with Samuel, he impacted him very deeply. I want to read 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 9. It says, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Fathers, I want to encourage you that you train your children for obedience. It's a very important difference. We're not uh, training our children for compliance because then we'll have a bunch of robots. We're training them for obedience, which means they listen to our voices and they do as they are told. It's very important. Nowadays, parenting gurus say, you know, don't force your children. Don't raise your voice. Don't do this or that. While all of that might work, might work for your child. Um, here's the important thing. If they cannot obey your voice, if they cannot obey what you say. How will they obey a God who they cannot see? How will they obey the word of God, which they may look at something abstract? If you are not going to train them up in obedience, they're going to find it very hard to obey God. John Piper writes this uh, very beautiful thing. He says, parents who do not teach their children to obey, prepare them for a life out of step with God's word. Um, he writes this in response to something that happened in America a couple of years back, where a 13-year-old was gunned down by cops. Now, the story goes like this. The 13-year-old had a, a rifle in his hand. So um, the, the cops assumed it was an assault rifle. Sad, sad, sad to say, it was just a toy rifle. But what actually triggered the incident was when the boy was surrounded by the policeman, when they asked him to lay down his weapon, 
the boy instead lifted it up and pointed it at the cops. And so he was gunned down in cold blood. Now, this shows an alarming trend. It means that kids have not been taught how to obey. When we tell our children, put something down, the response should be for them to put it down. We have watched in malls and other spaces where two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds hold their parents to ransom with their tantrums, with their uh, loud complaints. We've seen parents grovel at the feet of their children. And can I just tell you that permissive parenting doesn't do any good. Ultimately, we've been put on earth to groom and discipline our children into the people God has called them to be. This begins with us teaching our children to obey God, to listen to his voice and obey God. Why is it so important that fathers do that? That Because our children are looking to their fathers for a lot. They need their fathers for a lot. And so you as a father can teach them how to discern the voice of God amidst all the voices around them. And secondly, they must obey the word of God, obey it and apply it in their lives. The second thing that Eli did in Samuel's life was he identified the anointing of God on his life and nurtured it. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 19. It says, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Here's the thing. We mothers are so full of love that it becomes biased. So a lot of times I've looked at one of my children doing something spectacular in my eyes, and I'll tell my husband, Oh my God, maybe she's going to be a gymnast or Maybe he's going to be a great drummer someday. And my husband in his cool, calm self, he'll say, he laughingly tell me, um, Tina, that's, that's not his gifting. That's not what he's good at. Um, that's not a skill. He's just fooling around on the drums. Or she, he'll just say, she's just having fun. Why are you, you know, creating an occupation out of it? He's always brought a lot of um, logical sense to things that I've made very emotional. And so that is what you fathers bring into the mix. What you do is you identify gifts and talents in your children and then you nurture it. So whether you're a spiritual father or a natural father, doesn't matter. What you must do is see the gold in your children. See the gold there. Shape it. Nurture it. Encourage them. They're going to face a whole bunch of leaders out there who will not nurture the greatness in them, who will find things to be insecure about around them. But you as a father can look into them and say, hey, you know, I see this in you. I see something great in you. Jensen Franklin, a father of five, he says this, if you speak to the fool in your child, the fool will stand up. If you speak to the king in your child, the king will stand up. So many times our children do uh, funny things, foolish things. Um, it's The onus is on us to call out to the king in them. We don't say things like, oh, you're good for nothing. You're not going to amount to much. What is wrong with you? Instead, we, we turn our language and we say, you know what? You're capable of better. I see something better in you. I see goodness in you. When we start affirming them, we're not doing it out of, um, you're not, we're not flattering them. It's not fake. It's real because you see the good in them. Build them up with what you see within them. What Eli instilled in Samuel, the ability to listen to the Lord and the ability to speak out prophetically were nurtured by Eli and it carried him through the rest of his life. So today, what you as a father do for your children in terms of seeing those giftings, and speaking life into it, that's what carries them through life. So I want to encourage each of you today, whether you're a parent who's single, whether you're a, a part of a, a team, whether you have been estranged from your children or you're with them, whether your relationship with your children is strained, it doesn't matter. It's never too late to start again, to start afresh. And I want to encourage you mothers out there, can you pray 
for your children regularly with all your heart, irrespective of where you are, whether you have even a moment to take aside for your quiet time, find your quiet time in the midst of your children. Can you pray for them? Will you dedicate them to God? They belong to God. He has given them as a gift to you. They belong to him. So will you dedicate them back to God? Parents, if we can choose to honor God with all that we have in our mundane lives, eating, sleeping, walking lives, if we can choose to honor God, because that is what kids will catch on to. If we can honor God and if we can choose calling over comfort, follow God with all our hearts. If we practice obedience, it will be something that's ingrained into our children's lives. And fathers, I urge you that you will see the gold in your children. You will nurture it. And that also you will teach your children to listen to the voice of God and to obey his word. I pray that each of you on this parenting journey won't give up. The, the prayer my husband and I nowadays pray is, Lord, co-parent with us. We can't do this. We don't have the right answers. We don't always say the right things. It's sometimes we're messed up big time. But it's only the Holy Spirit who can give us wisdom on this journey. So I ask you, will you ask him, Lord, will you co-parent with us? You've given us these children. We don't know sometimes what to do or what to say. But help us. So I want to pray for each of you today. If you are one of those people who had such a hard childhood, you suffered trauma, maybe you've been uh, disengaged for your parents for a long time, I want to pray for you that healing would be yours and that you will break that cycle with your children, that you will be so involved and, and loving towards your children. Father, I pray for those adults who are watching this right now, parents who have been through their own journeys of pain and struggle, Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit's healing would fall upon us right now and that you will heal every wound, oh Father, so that our children see you and all your goodness in our lives. I pray that every uh, childhood trauma be erased and healed completely and that, Lord, they will be restored to normalcy in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you if you say that I don't know this God yet. You're saying I should listen to the voice of this God, I should obey his word. The God we're talking about is none other than Jesus. He is the one who saves. And so I want you to repeat this prayer after me. If you say, I need this God, I need more, I need to know him. I want to be known by him. I want to encourage you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. I need you to come in to my heart and cleanse me. I believe that you sent your son Jesus, to die for me. I believe that he rose again just to set me free and to give me that power to live my life. I make you Lord and Savior of every part of my life. Come in and make your home with me. I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I want to pray for every other parent who's watching this. Maybe you are longing to be a parent. Maybe you're not there yet. Um, I want to encourage you that God has got something beautiful ahead of you, not to give up hope. For those who are um, in the process of maybe waiting for a child or your child is on the way, or for those of you who are aged parents and you have children scattered around the world, I want to pray for you as well. Father, we just pray that each of us parents, Lord, will have such an extra portion of your grace. I pray that, Lord, irrespective of how many ever years we've been as parents, that, Lord, we will not be permissive parents. We won't be parents who dishonor you, Lord, but we will place you at the top. I pray that, Lord, we mothers will pray 
consistently we will travail in prayer for our children and our children's children oh father i pray that each of us will hang loose to our children and dedicate them back to you father i pray for the fathers who are watching this that lord they will teach their children your ways they will teach their children to hear your voice amidst the voices of this culture father i pray that the fathers would identify the gold in their children that they will nurture it with all they have father i pray for each of us as parents that we will lord love you with all our heart that lord we will correct our children in love that we won't turn a blind eye to the things that we don't like but father we would address it in love and in truth we pray that you will continue to be with us and bless us we love you and we thank you in jesus name amen amen thanks for listening to this message We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to weazion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.